0: We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to finish out the end of the chapter. To, uh, take a note where we left off a couple of weeks ago. Starting in verse 17. We're going to read the last uh, four four verses, I think it is, to 21. Yeah. You guys will have to excuse me. I've been kind of sniffling all afternoon. All these allergies, all these beautiful plants. Boy, they'll get to you in a heartbeat. I know some of you guys are... Dealing with that, too. Good praise report that we had Brother Kelly and Brother Bruno to come, and it was a blessing to get to hear him preach Wednesday, and I know it was a blessing for you guys Sunday. And I believe that they are leaving McGee, either today, left today or either leaving tomorrow. So uh, we want to pray for them as they uh, head back on their journey to Orlando. But praise the Lord that they got to come spend some time with us. But we are picking up where we left off. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. We'll read the text and then we'll pray. Join in imitating me, brothers, and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these few short words tonight, and I pray, God, that you would hide me behind the cross, that your Holy Spirit would speak uh, through me tonight, dear Lord, that there would be some something in this text, God, that would just tug on our hearts, something that would get our attention, something that would uh, draw us near to you. And so I pray that you would receive the glory for us being here tonight, and we thank you that we can come into your house. And what a privilege it is, dear Lord, to come and worship you tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. We finished up last week with with uh, Paul talking about uh, forgetting what lies behind and looking forward to what lies ahead and Paul kind of continues on with that theme a little bit tonight, looking forward to what lies ahead and that is our citizenship that is in heaven we are we are in this world we are on this world but we are not of this world we when we accept Jesus Christ if you have accepted Jesus Christ then you are a citizen in heaven you have citizenship in heaven and you are living here until Jesus Christ returns but when that day comes he's gonna take you home and that's what uh, Paul is talking about tonight and he goes on to say some things that I think are helpful for us that we can look at in verse 17 join in imitating me brothers and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. What Paul was saying is, look, I am living a good example for you guys. There are others who are following that example that I have set forth, that are following that example that Jesus Christ has set forth, that are doing what God commands us to do, that are living for the Lord, that are trying to stay away from sin as much as we can and to be obedient to God and to preach His Word. And Paul is saying, look, I have been a good example to you. Now, Paul is not saying that he has been perfect by any means. You can see that clearly in the text. Paul never claims to be perfect But what Paul says is, I have set a good example, and you need to look to me, and you need to look to those of us who are living for Christ to be your example. And that's true for us today, because I think back through the years of my life, and I can remember even from a small child seeing those Christians who are mature in Christ that I looked up to. Those that that I trusted what they said. I saw how they lived their life. There was no question to me whether or not they were a servant of the Lord. And if they told me something, then I knew I could trust that. And that's what we should be like as Christians. We should have those mature Christians in our life. Those who mentor us. Those who we can look up to. Those people who we can trust. And we need to have those people in our life. And know that when they give us good advice and when they live an example, that we should follow that example. Now, there are plenty of people in life that's going to give us bad advice and plenty of people that's going to give an example that we shouldn't follow. But I believe the Holy Spirit can lead us to and let us know those and we can examine those people in our life that are His, that are giving us that example. I think about Mr. Jim Kennebrew. He was the first example that come to mind. That man loved the Lord. And if he were to give me some spiritual advice, and I'd go talk to him sometimes, go on to visit, praise the Lord. Some of you guys got the opportunity to know him. He loved the Lord, and he was talking about the Lord, and he would talk about God's Word. And he would pray these beautiful prayers, and he would preach these wonderful sermons when we'd have Baptist Men's Day, and it was a treat. And I trusted what he said. I didn't doubt what he said because I knew he was a man of God, and I knew that he was going to lead me in the right path. And that's just one. I could name plenty of others. And some of you guys have those brother gems in your life. Those people who you look up to who have been a good example for you. And you need to listen to those who are in Christ that tell you what to say. You know, there is something good that comes with age, whether it's spiritually or, or physically. As we spiritually uh, get up in age and begin to mature, as we physically get up in age and begin to mature, we obtain wisdom, <clears throat> And that's something that takes time to obtain. You know, if you, if, you, if you don't know the answer to something and you want to know, you, you can just about go ask any 16-year-old and ask them, and they'll know because 16-year-olds know everything. <laughs> but, but what you learn as you begin to grow, as when you're young, you think you are very wise. But as you begin to get a little older, you realize just how foolish you are. And as you get a little older, you get a little less foolish. And I think back in my life at all the Christians in my life and all the adults in my life that tried to give me good, sound advice, and I didn't take it. This is some good advice for you young people here. For those Christians and those people that you look up to in your life, if they tell you something that they've learned the hard way, you need to learn from their wisdom. Because, look, I've lived some foolishness, and I know a lot of people in here has lived some foolishness. And so it's up to us as Christians to impart the wisdom that we have gained, not that we are perfect, Like Paul, he's not perfect. But we need to impart that wisdom and that example into a world that's watching us. Whether people are young and old, we want to be a good example that they can imitate. He goes on to say, kind of changing his uh, uh, tone here in verse 18, kind of changing to a different subject. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Paul took What he was doing, his ability to preach and teach and tell people about Jesus Christ, he took that seriously to the point that those who were his enemies and those who were the enemies of Christ, it brought him to tears. Do we take our relationship with Jesus Christ and our mission that Jesus has given us, and that is to be a light to the world, do we take it seriously enough that we are offended when people criticize our Lord and Savior? When people speak blasphemies against our Lord and Savior. When people uh, dog our God and talk about Him like He is non-existent, like He is nobody. It brought Paul to tears. And so we should take our service of the Lord seriously just like Paul did. He goes on to say, uh, talking of those who are the enemies of the cross of Christ, in verse 19, Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things. Now in the context, it could be he's using this language about their stomach and about uh, their glory. He could be talking about, uh, talking about physical food that they were eating. Because a lot of people back then focused on the food laws. He could have been talking about circumcision. He could have been talking about those things when he talks about the body. And that may have been what he implied. But as I was reading this, what I got from the text is that So many times we focus on things that don't matter. When he talks about um, their end is destruction, their God is their stomach. That is their God is something that that they are doing in their own, something that they uh, have in this world, something that is their God that is not God, something that is of the world. He goes on to say their glory is in their shame. That is, things that they should find shameful. We talked about that the other night. There is, uh, there is not much shame in the world today. Things that people should find shameful, instead they gloat about. They are proud of living their sinful life and their sinful lifestyles. And what Paul is saying here, I think, is just that. Is that their glory is in their shame. They think they are glorified in their sinfulness that they are living in. But what Paul is saying is it will be to their shame. It is going to ultimately lead to their destruction. They are focused on earthly things. That's the difference. Paul is setting us up. He's making a contrast. He's showing us the difference between those who live for the world and are focused on themselves and their own needs and their own desires and think that they are so proud and so wonderful on their own they're focused on earthly things. They are the lost world that is living in darkness. And he's making a contrast between them and those of us who are Christians. He goes on to say, "But our are Christians that's the R he's talking about but our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord, Jesus Christ. How excited are we to be a citizen of heaven? Paul is reminding us that, look, we go through hard times here. We face many enemies here. But we are just in this world. We are not of this world. Our citizenship, our home, is in heaven, and that is what we should look forward to. But do we appreciate our citizenship? Do we praise God for our citizenship? Are we content with our citizenship? You know, Brother Bruno, who he was here uh, with Kelly. He's, I think, about 70 years old now, and he came to the States, I believe he said, when he was 16 years old. He's been in the States for a long time. He lives in Orlando, goes back to Haiti occasionally, but he's an American citizen now. And he said sometimes he'll hear other Haitians and other foreigners in the States, and they'll be complaining about this, complaining about the United States this, complaining about the United States that. And he said it aggravates him, and he said he'll call them out on it. He said, look, this country is a good country. This country lets you in, this country gave you a place to live, this country allowed for you to get a job, this country is providing for you when you don't have the means to provide for yourself. He said, if you don't like this country, if you don't like being a citizen of this country, then you can leave and go to another country. And I was thinking, when I was reading this verse, I was thinking, man, that's how we should be with our citizenship in heaven. We should take that serious. We should take it seriously that God provides for us, that God allows us to be a citizen with Him, that He allows us to be a son and daughter. And when we hear this world talking all these things against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and talking against our God, we should be willing to stand up and say, look what God has done. Look what God gave for us. Look what God gave for you. Even though you don't, may not believe in Him, He gave a Son Jesus Christ for you. And we who have gained citizenship and who have experienced that should be willing to stand up and tell the rest of the world what a great joy and honor and privileges it is to be a citizen of heaven. And we do eagerly wait, as Paul says, for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 21, He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of His glorious body by the power that enables Him to subject everything to Himself. Boy, Paul breaks it to us that he's going to transform the body of our humble condition. Now, that'd be hard for, for some people in this world to swallow today because there's a lot of people in this world that think a whole lot of themselves, that think they are something special, that think they are great because they were born into a lot of money, because they have made a lot of money. They think they are something big and something powerful and something great. But what Paul says here is that our bodies are In a humble condition. All men are created equal. All men are created equal. We are all sinful humans. We all come from a a humble, lowly uh, being on this earth. Can you imagine the angels that, that God created that are in heaven with him that never had to live on this old earth but have been in a glorious heaven their whole eternity and they look down at us and they say, wow. We're living in all this sin and all this stuff. We got to pull. We 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 we're humble people, and we need to remember where we stand. We need to remember that God is here and He is all powerful, and we are lowly sinners, and that should humble us. That should humble us when we go before the Lord in prayer, when we recognize our sinfulness, and that should make us appreciate God's grace all the more. That Jesus Christ humbled Himself so that we could receive that grace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this text today, and I thank you for the good things that are in here. And I pray that you would help us to uh, seek Christians in our life that we can look up to, that we would listen to the wisdom of those who are wise, God, your wise servants, dear Lord, that you would help us not to make foolish decisions, dear Lord, that you would help us to, to test those who claim to be yours, God, that we would see the fruit that their life produces, that we don't just blindly listen to everything everybody says, dear Lord, but we let your Holy Spirit guide us and that you put mature Christians who speak wisdom into our life, that we would hear them, that we would follow their examples, dear Lord. We thank you that we can be called sons and daughters of yours. We thank you for giving us citizenship in heaven so we can one day leave this lousy old earth, dear Lord, that is full of sin, and be with you. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to our humble condition. That is that we are sinners, dear Lord. And you are a perfect, mighty, all-powerful God. And I pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.